episode two of Captain Says, and as I said in the first one, I'm going to have a guest, and tonight, today, whenever you're listening, this guest is Mr. Seth Everett. Hello to you. Hi there. So, on Captain Says, are you still the captain? Is that how it works? I guess so. Okay, that's that's the official word. And not the, uh, not the captain, just captain. Just captain, okay. Well, I'm still mad at you either way. Why is that? Well, n- number one, in the last edition of the Peach and Black podcast, you were so kind in giving me a shout out at the end of your penultimate, ultimate podcast. Yeah. And it wasn't just you, it was the other guys too said such kind things and you bring up Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it used to be your preferred choice of drink. It's not anymore. I quit after 18 years. Well, see, that's I haven't. This is going to sound like a commercial. Do you have commercials on your show? No. Okay. Well, you're going to have one now because uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to know, I lost um, 26 pounds uh, on a Which new is diet program. About what? About 13 kilos, roughly. Yeah. There you go. Thanks for the translation. And uh, the biggest thing I did was quit Mountain Dew after 18 years of having at least one of those a day. Yeah. I quit. And the last night, this is really funny. I, the last night before I started this program, it's a 30 day program and I was home alone. My wife was away and, uh, my kids were asleep. I'm home alone. I'm getting ready to start this new program first thing in the morning. And I go to take my garbage out and I see a 12 ounce Mountain Dew (laughs) and I go, I can't, I can't start this. With this hanging here, like, it's too much torture. <laughs> That's right. So at 11.30 at night, I drank it. <laughs> and yeah. then I took so a you picture. St- you start at midnight. That's fine. <laughs> right, right. That's what I said. I said, I better get this in. And I guzzled it. And I had the empty bottle. And I took a picture of the empty bottle. And I kid you not, as I did this, I tweeted it. And I said, thanks for the memories. <laughs> yeah. I was emotional about leaving Mountain Dew. And so here I am. I'm on this health kick. I'm all positive. And the first thing I hear on my favorite podcast is, hey, keep drinking that Mountain Dew. Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, see, that's because I haven't talked to you for months and months. Yes, seriously. Uh, I didn't and even then know. you have this idea for your new show, right? You have this Captain Says podcast, and you're all excited about it. Oh, and you said, ex- I got to get you on. I said, you're like, I got to get you on. I got to get you on. I said, great. I don't respond to you for three days. And what do I see on Twitter? <laughs> Episode one <laughs> with the Jesse. You have the jester, my pal, my best friend. I'm like, wow, this is what ha- he he dumped me in three days. So I managed you twice. Twice. Uh, you'll get over it. Thanks uh, for having me on there. That's all right. All right, let's start the show. Coming down in three, <laughs> two, one. Thanks for having me on. Yay. <laughs> so. Yes. You're doing a new comic thing, which <laughs> I don't really know. Well. Yeah, let's just go straight into that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
is, right. is this a it's a TV thing? It's a podcast thing? What is it? It's a it's a it's new. TV, right? uh, it's going to be on TV right now. It's online um, and it's streaming. It's a crazy story. You you want to hear the crazy story? Go for it. Okay, so I've been a sportscaster for twenty years. And What's your preferred sport of talking about things? Well, I worked for Major League Baseball for baseball. eighteen years. I do that a lot. If you ever notice, that's that that's just where my career has gone. That's mm. mostly that's actually how I got involved in Spreecast was because they wanted me to do baseball things. And then they decided, they said, well, can you do things off the beaten path? And I said, yeah, why don't I find a show about Prince? And <laughs> next thing you know, that crazy year of my life started. But outside of that, mostly I do sports stuff. And I got invited to a luncheon by a company that uh, I don't I don't know if they're big in Australia, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. Have you ever heard of Tops? Uh, baseball cards, I've, baseball I've cards. I've heard of them. Okay, so Tops has uh, got a you know fifty years, probably more than fifty years of uh, a great legacy, and they had this luncheon to present to the media their twenty fifteen like line of cards. And I was there. There were a bunch of media people that I wanted to see, and it was a chance to all gather around. And I was going to do something, you know, to help promote Tops, and it was a very very fine deal, but. It was supposed to snow that evening. It's okay. the first week in February, and in America, that's winter. Cold. In, you know, I, I, in New York City, it's freezing. So because I'm a smartass, can you say smartass on this sure podcast? Sure you can. Okay. Because I'm a smartass, I just said, all right, Tops, I know we all love the baseball cards, but I don't think we all want to sleep here because we're going to get stranded. Can we <laughs> get this get this thing going? Like, <laughs> let's get out of here. Yeah. And uh, people laughed, whatever. It was, it was, you know, just meant in jest. And uh, all of a sudden, this guy standing, you know, uh, half a room away from me says, you ain't kidding. I have to go to the airport. <laughs> I said, sir, leave now. Like, don't, forget don't Tops. Forget the baseball cards. Just go now. And people laughed. Like, I, again, it was just being chit-chatty. That, that's all I was doing. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm now closer to him. So I, I said what I would say to anybody. Just being friendly. And I said, hey, I hope you're going someplace warm. <laughs> like, that's what you would say. That's what a nice person would say to a person. Yeah. And the guy says, actually, I'm going to Wisconsin. Mm. I'm not testing you on your geography, but no one in their right mind would go to Wisconsin in, in the first week in February. <laughs> So anyway, so the guy says, the guy says, uh, yeah, I'm going to Wisconsin. I said, why are you going to Wisconsin? Who goes to Wisconsin in February? And he says, I'm going for a comics convention. Ooh. I said, wait a second. You're going to Wisconsin for fun? <laughs> Who chooses and he says, no, to go there? <laughs> he says, no, it's work. I said, that's a job? I said, <laughs> how do I get that Who? job? <laughs> how do I get that job? Like, Oh, my God. And he says, I do some public relations for comic conventions. I said, oh, my God. All of a sudden, this guy, I know you've heard of the New York Yankees, right? Yes. You've heard of the New York Yankees. Actually, this guy, just remember that because I've got something to say about that later on. Okay. Okay. So this guy who covers the New York Yankees, this guy Brian, is standing next to me cracking up at this conversation and tries to take a shot at me. Like, this is something you would do. <laughs> You would totally do this. He, he literally says, he puts his arm, he's got a New York accent, and he, he puts his arm around me and goes, you know, this guy could do a better superhero show than a sports show any day. <laughs> and I'm like, ha, 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 you know, like, funny, funny. And the guy responds, he's like, well, they're actually launching this thing called Con TV. I said, what the bleep is Con TV? Con, he with, says, with a K. 
Con, no, C-O-N. With a C. C-O-N TV. If you go to C, uh, contv.com, you can see this thing. And he says, well, it's this new venture that they're starting. They're marketing it as Netflix for nerds. I said, interesting. He says, do you want to talk to the head of programming for it? I said, sure. So it takes me like 10 days to two weeks to find the guy. But I find the guy. He's based in California. I talk to him, and we have this great conversation. And he says, you know, would you consider doing a show about superheroes? And I said, well, it would be kind of like a This Week in Football. Now, that can any, – any kind of football, there's always these weekly highlight shows. And, you know, is, is there, I, I thought – is there that much going on in the, the comic world, See, like every week? That's the fascinating thing. I'll give you a typical week, right? This week, there was the season finale of Gotham. There's an episode of The Flash. Oh, okay. So we're not just There's, talking comic books. We're not we're talking, talking about right, comic-related right. things. Okay. It's not, uh, excuse me, an episode in issue number 92 of <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man. He fought Doc Ock, not Mysterio. Like, it's not yeah. that. It's not that. It's it's the movies. Avengers just opened up. Uh, Agents okay. of Shield. Marvel's Daredevil. If you've seen Marvel's Daredevil, it's it's fascinating. I mean, there's so much going on. So I said that we should talk about it, and he stopped me right there because there is a very popular American show, something that I'm not involved in, but it's a very popular American show called ESPN College Game Day, which what they do on ESPN is they do a regular college football. American football, but a, a college football show, but they do it on campuses across the country. So there's 8,000 Oklahoma fans or 8,000 Nebraska fans. Like these, these fans go bananas. They dress up, they're, they're rabid, and it's like a big pep rally. He says, what if we did that at a comics convention every week? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're talking Avengers, you're talking Spider-Man, you're talking Superman, but there's people dressed up in costumes behind you. Mm. I said, oh my God, that sounds like so much fun. So long story short, uh, I pitched it to the guy, he pitched it to his bosses, and we have a season. We're, we're going to do six. We're going to we're greenlit for six, and hopefully we get greenlit for more. It looks very positive that we're going to get greenlit for more. So the first show was in Las Vegas. That's up now if you go to contv.com. Or if you follow me on Twitter at Seth underscore Everett, I tweeted links to all the stuff. And then we did an Avengers special because Avengers just came out. Mm. And then this week we're going to be in Philadelphia, and uh, I'm going to meet uh, the girl who plays Black Canary on Arrow. Very Ooh. excited. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and I'm going to be doing this con TV thing. So you asked, but it's a crazy story, and I thought you'd get a kick out of it. So All every, because I opened my big mouth. That's <laughs> literally the only reason why the story happened. So every week it's going to be, like, at a different comics convention. Right. It, it's every it, – it's really every other week to be oh, okay. logistically accurate. So this week we're in Philadelphia, and then in two weeks uh, we're in St. Louis – uh, and then after St. Louis, the first week in June, I believe we're in Sacramento, California. Uh, we're going to be in Chicago. And then it's it's whether or not they want to green light the, uh, the whole thing to go further. But we'll see. So you get to fly all around these places. So Con TV is paying for these flights, right? Well, yeah. And um, it's funny because the so guy was very <laughs> – well, he was warning me. He was like, you know, it's a lot of travel. And I said, I've worked for baseball teams. I don't, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Your listeners, your listeners knowing this will know baseball travel is the craziest. I mean, you play 162 games and you only have like 15 off days. So you travel to three cities in a week 
Like that's that's a lot of travel. This is not a lot. Once every two or three weeks, that's not a lot of travel. It's it's fine. It gets me out of the house, and uh, I, I I love going to these places. The energy in these places is fascinating mm. because I, I just ten years ago they would have mocked this kind of a project, and yeah. it just shows you it's 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 a growing thing. And what I always like, and it's what I believed in Spreecast. It's 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 what I believe. I love doing projects that are going places. You know, I, I love the idea that they're not losing audience, you know, and yeah. I, I'm not giving up sports, but I just think that, you know, I used to read this stuff all the time. I mean, I was 20 years ago, I would watch Batman, the animated series. I would check out, you know, Christopher Reeve and the Star Wars movies and, you know, all these different things. And, and now it's all coming back. So it's a huge genre, and I hope Con TV does really well. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. See, I haven't seen the Avengers movie, but I'll, I'll get to it. I want to hear your review when you see it. Okay. Because I'm not going to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. Has it opened in Australia yet? I think it has. I don't know. I don't, see, know. I don't pay that much attention to, to things no, like that you... because I'm, I'm not the person who has to see something as soon as it comes out. Right, I, I, but I you like to tell everybody as soon as you're seeing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it's almost like a checklist, like the, like the way you do it, before you can put your feet up at your couch, before you will get comfortable, you have to make sure everybody knows what you're watching. Sure. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and it'll say, Captain's watching The Late Show. That's right. <laughs> right. I'm on to you. I am on to you. But I don't know. I think as I'm getting older, I'm just, I'm over that queuing up for things and all the hype. You know, I can wait two weeks and see it. That's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I get that mentality. I think Star Wars is going to be different. I think Star Wars is because even though I didn't hate the prequels, I think the idea that they're doing a continuation for after Return of the Jedi, mm. I think that's the one I'm going to need to see right away. Like, yeah, that that's the goosebumps. Like that trailer gave me goosebumps. I was the trailer beyond was really excited. Good. Is is there a release date for that? It's going to be around Christmas. Okay, that's going to be good. I will be saying yeah. that. Yeah, and they, yeah, that that's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, and now Warner Brothers is getting involved. Your your friend Warner Brothers, because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. they're doing the uh, the uh, the Batman versus Superman or Superman v Batman or whatever it's called. And mm. yeah, I've been uh, you know so that's coming out in March. Uh, it's just it's one thing after another, and you know it's funny. It, what I'm noticing in my old age is I'm become much more critical. Oh, me like, too. Me too. I, like, for example, I ca- I'm a comic book nerd, and I thought the violence was um, gratuitous. Yeah. I, like, 20 years ago, I would have made fun of a person that said violence was gratuitous. Yeah. <laughs> See, so. with those, like, you're t- talking about Gotham and The Flash. The I Flash watched, is I watched brilliant. Both, I've watched both of those, and I've... But mm-hmm. I've only watched like the first 10 or 12 episodes of both mm-hmm. of them. So I'm yeah. still like at least 10 episodes behind. So I can't really talk about it. But I really yeah. like both the shows. Well, I will say this about I think I like The, the Flash. Flash more than oh, both of them. The Flash is brilliant. Um, what they're doing with it is they're not afraid to acknowledge that it's a show based on a comic book. Yeah. I just think that they're they're not trying to tweak it too much. You know, Smallville, it was he couldn't wear the costume. Yeah. And Arrow, Arrow is very dark. And Agents of Shield, to me, Agents of Shield just keeps telling you about how they don't have the Avengers on it, <laughs> right? Is that the one? You know, that's the one with the guy who oh. supposedly died, Coulson. No, 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 no. The the actual actor, he was in a show, like a comedy show, 
the yeah the new old, the old new Christine. adventures of old Christine. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, guy. Same as guy. soon as I saw he was same in guy. it. As soon as yeah. I saw he was in it, I'm like, oh, I've got to watch it, but I still haven't watched it. He he's a guy who died in the first Avengers movie and then uh, was brought back to life in an arc that took literally 25 episodes to explain. <laughs> so a whole and <laughs> it was like somebody said to me, they said Coulson's still alive. I said, yes, Coulson's still alive, and they said, when did that happen? I said, there's not enough hours to explain. <laughs> I, I you need to like look it up. That's Wikipedia can't explain how Coulson came back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, the Flash is brilliant. Can I tell you one thing about Gotham? Mm. Since we're on this, I didn't know we were going to be talking about this stuff. But Gotham, there's one thing that one big mistake that I think they made on Gotham. And tell me if you agree with this. I thought the biggest mistake was killing the Waynes in the first episode. Right at the start, yeah. You should learn to. This is Gotham. This is not Batman. So yeah. how about spend the year getting to know the Waynes? And they should be killed in the finale. Of the first season, yeah. Of the first season. Because then then you see the ramifications. Like you could see, you know, in Gotham they talk about, you know, everything changed once the Waynes were killed. Well, how? Why? Yeah, but that's the thing. Because you haven't gotten to know them, there's no... There's no hook. Emotional investment, you know? You like, know as, soon, as soon as seeing, they die, as soon as they right. die at the start, you're just like, oh, okay, they're dead. But if you, yeah, like you said, if you've watched them for a whole year, you know, you're, right. that's going to hit you a lot harder when they're killed. Then you become invested first, in them. First right. episode, yeah. Yeah, you become invested in them. And I, I just think that, you know, from my standpoint, I would love to see Bruce Wayne happy. Just for a while. <laughs> just for a bit. Like, you know, like when I saw the pilot and they showed the scene, I'm comparing it to. Batman Begins, mm. I'm comparing it to Tim Burton's Batman, I'm comparing it to every cartoon I've ever seen. I, I've, no offense, I've seen the Waynes die before. Yeah. I've seen the Waynes die countless times. Why did they need to die in the first episode? Like To me, it became anticlimactic, and I don't know, I, I think there's so many good things that they've got going for them. But that was a big thing they're missing. And it's it, like it's watchable, it's enjoyable, but it doesn't hook me like The Flash does. I like the Penguin guy. Whoever that, he's act, great. that actor, he's, he's great. good. Yeah. We're supposed to get him on uh, one of the Con TV shows. Ooh. I'll tweet out when we get him. I can't wait. And the girl, be, the little girl, the Catwoman, she's good. She's, like she's too. great too, yeah. She's like a gymnast or something. She reminds me of um, that girl who was in Kick-Ass. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she reminds yeah. me of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks a little like Michelle Pfeiffer. She does. She does. She's got that yeah. little sort of ducky face. <laughs> Which apparently uh, Michelle Pfeiffer has Uptown Funk. <laughs> what, what, what does Michelle Pfeiffer have to do with that song? I, I don't understand <laughs> that. Okay, so it's, it's contv.com. Contv.com. Check it out. Or follow me on Twitter because I tweet out the links every time there's a show. It's fun. It's, it's, it's five segments. There's two panel discussions. So, like, the state of whatever the news of the day is, and then special guests. So, by the time you release this, um, we'll probably have done the Philly show. I mean, a legendary comic book uh, artist, uh, Neil Adams, is going to be our guest. He wrote some, like, brilliant comics in the 70s and 80s, and the 60s, for that matter. Great uh, Hall of Famer. And, And I haven't done my research on him, so I don't know too much, but we're supposed to meet with the creator of Mystery Science Theater. Oh, I have watched that show. It's great. You'll have to give me tips. I have watched a bunch Stuff of episodes of that, and I like that show. You would be a perfect host for that. Ooh. 
Could you imagine if we were doing like you want to do this this show about literally nothing? <laughs> but could you imagine? Could you imagine if you guys did a DVD commentary, like a commentary track for random movies? I that would, would be a lot of I fun. Would, I'd if that was happening, I'd be choosing movies like um, Airplane. <laughs> That's fine. Because I because about Airplane, but but Airplane, you would want to have the sound, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, no, I, see? You know what would be great? If you did Under the Cherry Moon. Uh, oh my god. If I could hear you and your that. three cronies do a commentary track <laughs> for Under the Cherry Moon, I would listen to that. I would queue up my DVD of that movie and play it at the same time. I think Hasn't someone already done that? Like Prince Podcast or somebody? They did Purple Rain know. or Under the Cherry Moon. I don't know. I only listen to one podcast about Prince. <laughs> it's the only one. Now, if I was going to do a commentary, I couldn't do it to a movie I really liked because I'd, I'd just want to watch the movie again and I wouldn't be saying anything. <laughs> I'd just sit there watching it, not talking. Yep. Yeah. So I couldn't do Airplane. <laughs> the best DVD commentaries I ever heard were uh, the Seinfeld DVDs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Those are so funny. The commentaries are just as funny as the as the episodes. <laughs> So, that, okay, you just linked me back to what I was going to say before. You mentioned New York Yankees before. Yes, yes. Um, okay, politics time. Okay. Bernie Sanders. Yes. Now, I know John Stewart has already made this connection, but he's just Larry David. <laughs> Have you heard the guy talk? Yes. Have you heard <laughs> him talk? He's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what he's he, go- saying, he looks a little like him too, yeah. The hair, you know, he oh. – Yeah. It's hilarious. Like, he announced he's – I'm going to be president. And then at the press conference, he's like, but hurry up. I've got places to go. I don't have time for this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the way – not what he says is funny, but the way he says it, I can – you just hear Larry David. Like, And you said New York Yankees before, you know, when he was Steinbrenner. Behind he was Steinbrenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sounds just like him. My baseball people said Ken Phelps. Ken Phelps, but they had it's, to get Ken Phelps. It's so funny. Like, I mean, he, he won't have a chance against Hillary, but oh. – No. It's just – I just want to hear him talk. I don't know. So I, funny. It's so interesting to see uh, the way people are trying. The, the media is going out of their way to tear Hillary Clinton apart. I'm not a huge Hillary supporter or not. I'm looking at it objectively, uh, but yeah. I just find it fascinating how everything, every person has an opinion on her. I don't know. I don't know how she gets through. I don't know. Well, that's the thing. The way she does, you know, handle, you know, all this crap. She just looks. She, she, she looks like she can be rattled, and I think like these other people are going to be sharks. You know, mm. I, I'm interested to see how it goes. Like, I will vote. You know, I'm. A, I, I, I pay a lot of attention to this, mm. and I'm not afraid. I would. I mean, if, if that's if you want to put people to sleep, we can talk politics. <laughs> but but my my point on it is, it's amazing to see her now. It feels like she's constantly deflecting. Yeah. But, I'm just but, curious. But what else could she be doing, you know, when just every minute they're, like, throwing this stuff back at her? What well, else can you do? She's a grandmother now. She's a grandmother now. If if I could vote, I'd probably vote for Hillary. I would be voting Democrat, I think, if I was if I was American. I voted for Barack Obama twice. Good. Good, good. Twice. I say good. Twice. I met President Bush, though, once. Ooh. Uh, the second President Bush. I met him, uh, I met him once, and it... It was W. It was a it was a great thrill. It was a great thrill to meet him. I mean, he he was in office. He was in office at the time. I, I met the acting president. You know, I don't know if you know this about the original president, uh, the second president Bush, but he was an owner of a baseball team. Oh, I didn't he, know that. he used to own the Texas Rangers, uh-huh. and 
uh, I went to, I was working for the commissioner's office at the time, and I went to the opening of the Washington Nationals baseball stadium. And it was in Washington, and President Bush threw out the first pitch and then was going to sit down with a journalist for MLB. And it was going to be in our booth. And we got to be there. We took a picture. I, I have a picture uh, with him. It's in my, hanging in my office. And then he signed all the pictures and sent them all. He, he was uh, completely pleasant. And it's, it's, it's so amazing to me how perception in the media I mean, I'm not saying I supported a lot of the things he did. Again, I'm not getting into a political thing. All I'm saying is he was a sharp guy. You're not surprised after meeting him that he's not a buffoon. You know what I mean? And so not only did I have great respect for the office, but it was he was a pleasant guy. I remember he um, – Bud Selig uh, was the uh, baseball commissioner. So he was my boss at the time. And uh, he says, uh, did you – I can't do a, B- a Bush impression, but he goes, so you work for Major League Baseball. And I said, yes, sir. And he says, uh, so Bud Selig signs your checks. <laughs> and I said, uh, actually, sir, yes, he does. And uh, he says, do they, do they pay you a lot? And I said, actually, Mr. President, that's something I'd like to discuss with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but meeting any president, whether they're president now or they were president even 20 years ago, that's a big thing. I mean, whether you like them or not, sure, sure. they were the president of the United States. That's a right. big leader, thing. Leader of the free world. I mean, it, it's, yeah. a, right. it's, a pretty, it's a pretty major deal. And uh, I, I, I completely agree. When, when I found out there was a chance we were going to meet him, I was thrilled. I remember finding out, though, that you needed a sport jacket, and I didn't have one. Uh-huh. And I remember running to a mall like <laughs> two hours before meeting him, and I was literally buying a jacket that was literally going to get worn once. <laughs> and it was – I was like – Tell me you returned it. Tell me you returned it afterwards. Of course, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's okay. I remember one time when I was in high school, uh, we found out something was a, we had to wear a tie. And my, three of my friends, we went to go uh, buy a tie. And the salesman goes, well, you know, uh, these ties, they all had animal prints. And yeah. he goes, the, 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 a portion of the proceeds go to saving that animal. Yeah. I said, okay. My one friend bought the dinosaur. <laughs> Good one. Good one. I, said, I said, I don't think they're going to save them. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, they lost their chance. Unless they're going back in time. Yeah, so time travel, that's a big part of the Flash. Yes. I've got I to catch it. up on that. I need. I just need time. There's never enough time. I don't know how people can work and have a life at the same... I can't do it. I need to well, be fully retired to, to have enough time to watch all these shows and do all the things I want to do. I don't know how well, people can do it. Stop going to these cockamamie restaurants that you're always going oh, to. Oh, you got to eat. you got to eat. Yeah, but you can eat at home. And a lot cheaper too, I know. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But going back to what we said before, like there's a new burger place opened up in North Sydney and it's got insane reviews like it's the best thing ever and it's been open about a month and it's like an hour queue any time of the day that you go there and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I can yeah, wait no. I can wait another month until it's, you know, the hype has died down and I can only line up for 15 minutes. Well, and you that's know acceptable. that, you know, when you're juggling like that, you know breakfast can wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bazing. <laughs> so, in all this cake, in all this con stuff, con TV. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're back. Wh- to where this, does yeah. where does the Big Bang Theory sit? Oh, it's hysterical. It's very funny. Is that? I think the- it's very funny, but I think it's also a microcosm of where we are as a society that a show like that can be that popular. Is it that popular in like nerd world? 
Because at, yeah. first, at first I thought it was, but I think that sort of died off a bit now. Well, it's been around for, I believe they're in their eighth season now. Mm. So I think that in the height of its popularity, I thought they, what they do is they do a healthy mix of the nerd stuff versus, you know, some of the, you know, just regular sitcom stuff. I just think it's a really smart, I think it's a really smart sitcom. Meanwhile, do you watch uh, Two Broke Girls? I do. I love that show. I, now, to me, that show jumped the shark two years ago. Yeah. It's, it's changed. Uh, enough, 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 enough. I get it. I, I, I understand. Mm. And it's just, and again, maybe I'm getting older, but it's just silly juvenile sex jokes. Yeah, but I like it. It's Bennett. not sharp anymore. It's not, <laughs> you know, well, she was, and she was in a comic book movie. She was, she was, yes. She was in Thor. Thor. She was in Thor. No, I said this before. I watch a lot of comedy. But see, the thing I don't get, like with the Big Bang Theory, right? That's by Chuck Lorre. And at the time, like I couldn't figure out how the same brain, like Chuck Lorre, I couldn't figure out how he could write something as good as the Big Bang Theory and then also write something as what I considered totally hopeless was Two and a Half Men. I never watched Two and a Half Men. I mean, I thought that, I mean, I like Charlie Sheen, but I just thought that show was like the dumbest level of sitcom that you could make. But then, yeah. on the other hand, he's doing Big Bang Theory, which was like the smartest one. And I just couldn't figure out how the same guy could do those two shows. And it's, have, it's and strange. Have it's it's strange. insanely popular. Yeah, no, it, it's strange. But he also did Broke Girls. That, that, that's the thing. Like, it, the, 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 he runs the gamut. It's it's all over the place. It's, it's very interesting. I never watched uh, Two and a Half Men. I, it just, I never caught it. I only watched a few random episodes when Charlie Sheen was in it. Yeah. But then when um, Ashton Kutcher came in, I thought, I'll watch this because I watched all of that 70s show and I thought that was good. So I right, watched right. the last, like, what, two or three years of Two and a Half Men. And it was okay, but it was still, you know, pretty, like, lowbrow comedy right, to actually, me. Right, right. There's so many smart things on out there now. Yeah. That there's so many, like, intelligent – we're in a truly golden age of entertainment that there's so many smart – comedies out there that I don't see a place for the like the the, the goofball dumb dumbness I, I don't know um, oh then no there's there's definitely a place what about David Letterman he's retiring he's only got like two weeks left to go I know I know I'm a huge David Letterman fan there are two great David Letterman moments for me that that just stuck with me first he's one of the greatest interviewers there's ever been yeah and the one <laughs> well one of them is a print story so you want the print story first or the, or the non-print story i'll go prince first the print story was when he performed dolphin when they had the release the gold experience rally yeah i was in college and a bunch of my buddies we got in a car and we drove to new york city to participate in that yeah so i was at the release the gold experience party in new york city and that was the night he performed dolphin on david letterman wow uh, that's a that's a decent story. The funniest, the funniest interview he ever did was right at the heart of the Michael Jackson case. Mm. And he had Janet Jackson on the show. Yeah. And David Letterman in his deadpan perfect says, mm. well, I, I just want to start the interview with uh, what's on everybody's mind. How's Tito? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That, that to me. It was one of the funniest, like the perfect that's, icebreaker. That's classic Dave. Get, <laughs> right, like he got Janet Jackson to just smile yeah. about what could have been a very awkward subject. Mm. And he literally, he, he got everybody's attention. That was perfect. Oh, it's going to be sad. It's only two weeks to go. I know. I'm, I, I, I wish him the best. 
I give credit though because Jimmy Fallon's doing a fantastic job with the Tonight Show. I just wonder what Dave if he's actually going to retire or he's going to no, come he, or, or he's going to come back in like six months with a, like a maybe once a week hour talk show or no, something. He, no, you he's going to retire. You think he's done? I absolutely think he's done. Uh, I absolutely think he's done. The thing I like about these last few weeks and few months is like Craig Ferguson. Once the announcement was out there, you can they're just so much more relaxed. And the shows are so much looser. Sure. Like Dave, the last few weeks has been great. Like doesn't care. Doesn't care. Exactly. Doesn't care. And they're showing all like this useless stock footage, and they're like, "We've got to use it up," (laughs) because after that, there's nothing. No, it's it's very smart. It's very smart and very weird the way it happened. But uh, no, David Letterman's had a remarkable, remarkable career, and he is one of the best interviewers. And the show he did after 9-11, the first time that they brought the late oh, yeah. show back after 9-11 was, uh, was amazing. I mean, was uh, 9-11, guy. yeah, I mean, I was living in New York at the time. So, I mean, it was very uh, appropriate to see. And I, I remember that, you know, my, my quick 9-11 story, my father was across the street from the building. Ooh. And my sister saw the second plane hit the Trade Center live. Like, she saw it happen. She was walking towards that area and Mm. saw the second plane hit. And she didn't know about the first one at the time. So those are my close calls. And everybody in my family was safe. But I lost a couple of people from my high school. And and I knew people that were were perished in in 9-11. And stuff like David Letterman, stuff like what the baseball teams did. Just being, I mean, it's a whole separate show. But 9-11, living in New York in 9-11, I'll never forget. And... David Letterman's one of those lasting images when he came back and said that he was going to do a show. And that, that was, was that it was the one really he did special. With no audience was that that show? Oh, no, no was he, that uh, he or said something? right. He had he had Regis Philbin on, uh, and he yeah. said because because we need something to make fun of. <laughs> but yeah, like I think everyone, <laughs> no. every all the other late night shows were like in repeats that week, and he was the only one who came back on the Monday night. I think it was Monday. Well, I was too young. I was too young to appreciate Johnny Carson. Yeah, I was in college right when David Letterman went to CBS. Uh-huh. And so I kind of watched that show evolve. And uh, David Letterman was my guy. And I, I will say, though, but Jimmy Fallon's won me over. Like, uh, Jimmy Fallon has absolutely won me over. I just think he's very unique and, and brilliant. I think he's a smart young guy. And I just like the way he incorporates an older, a younger audience. Like, mm-hmm. I love the stuff that he does with the tweets. And I love the stuff that he does, you know, with social media. And he knows all those things and he's up on it. So it's not like he's reading cue cards and he, you know, yeah. hashtag, like he knows <laughs> what he's doing. It's, it's, it's just, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. can tell if somebody says they know what that is, but wh- whether that they really, really do. Yeah. He, he hasn't won me over yet though. And it's been a while. All right. And I've watched, I don't watch every show. I just watch it these days if I like the guests. But yeah, the incorporating the young people is the thing I sort of don't like about it. Maybe I'm just too used to Dave. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. It's, it's just different styles. And I, I, mm. I'm not interested in what, you know, John Stewart's going to do or Stephen Colbert or, I'm not interested. I, just give me Seinfeld and Friends reruns. <laughs> That's the way I, I end my days. That'll put you straight to sleep. <laughs> put straight to sleep. <laughs> The greatest line in Friends is uh, when, when he says, you're off to China? He says, the country? Nope, <laughs> nope, those dishes in my mother's break front. <laughs> that and uh, and the, the same scene when he says, I know I got a couple of beers in me, but I love you, man. And yeah. Chandler says, I'm still on my first. And I just think you're nice. <laughs> <laughs>
Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, what about something else? <laughs> do you watch? Uh, do you watch Veep? Veep is hysterical. I don't, but I keep hearing about it, and I should watch it, even though it's I think in the fourth or fifth season now. Yeah, I but they're they're short seasons. They're they're taking the the BBC model of like shorter ten seasons. episodes or something. Yeah, they're it's brilliant. I I think it's really smart. See, Netflix has Orange is the New Black. There's a great show uh, called Lillehammer. I've heard of about shows. and um, uh, House of Cards. House of Cards is I'm brilliant. Not big on drama at all. Yeah, I but just... Orange is the New Black is a comedy drama. Like yeah. if you notice in the award, it, it's from the person who created Weeds. I liked Weeds. Oh, then I you'd watched, love. Then you'd love Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black is just brilliant. It's just smart. It's that's just, the is that that's the like the female prison one, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, she gets a she she gets a, a sentenced to eighteen months, which is now turned into four years. Okay. <laughs> no, I, 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 that's the other thing. Another thing, getting older, I don't have the attention span really to watch like a forty-two minute show, like an hour show. Like that's why I'm I'm good with it, like half hour comedies that like nineteen minutes, twenty one sure. minutes. Sure, I understand. But stuff like The Flash and Gotham, I just fly through that because it's you know you're so into it, you don't even realize. Wow, that's forty four minutes gone. But, well, then you know, you'd, love, shows, it, you'd yeah. love you love Daredevil. That's a Netflix thing too. Daredevil is um, it's the guy. It was the Irish guy from Boardwalk Empire, uh, Charlie Cox. Uh, plays this blind lawyer who uh, fights crime at night as this vigilante, and it's <laughs> it's it's like a crime drama. It has nothing to do with with uh, comic books. It's like if you if you've never seen a comic book show or a comic book anything, you you, you fall in love with these characters, and then they reference stuff. So, for example, mm. uh, the lawyers are trying to get their office set up, and Matt Murdock says, "Why is the rent so cheap?" He says, well, this building sustained a lot of damage during, you know, that incident. Mm. That incident that he's talking about is when the aliens came and attacked the Earth in the in the Avengers movie. Uh-huh. And you're like, I know that. I know that. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it's, it's, it's just like if something happens in one show or movie, it happens in another one. And the mm. ramifications are, you know, concurrent. And I don't know. I, I just think that's... No, I, I really it's like a, stuff a, like it's that. It's a thinking man. It's a thinking man show. I like stuff like that when a show references something that happened, you know, either in another show or a movie. Yeah. And unless you've seen it, you don't know. But if you know, then you know, and you're like, oh, law that, that. Right. Right. Yep. I love it. Well, somebody said to me because one of my biggest. Well, I'm not giving away anything from Avengers, but uh, somebody said to me. They said uh, they they wanted Coulson. I mean, it's not a major plot point, but. The guy from Agents of Shield, you know, the, yeah. they said they wanted him in the. Why couldn't he be in the Avengers? He said because if you haven't seen Agents of Shield, they'd have to explain how he came back to life, and that would take twenty five hours, and it's only a two hour movie. <laughs> so much TV. I could talk TV. I could talk comedy. So is that for so, a long so time? I, I, I'll admit, I protested and I didn't listen to your Jesse show. Oh, that's okay. No, I want to. I will, but I didn't listen because I was protesting. Uh, it was my silent protest. Nobody, <laughs> nobody knew about it. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody knew about my protest, but I protested. Uh, so, what did you guys talk about then? Uh, we talked. You talked about, about his talked seventeen about... trips to Paisley Park. Not really. Really? We just talked about music. Like, I don't want these shows to be like all Prince shows stuff. Right. Like there can be a bit of that, but that's you know right. I'm not that interested in what he's doing anymore, to be honest. Yeah. 
But um, well, no, we talked, we talked about did. music in general. We talked about he's got he's recorded like a bunch of spoken word poetry stuff with, and he's got like other people to do the music behind it. We talked about that. We did talk. I did ask him, you know, why he moved to Minneapolis, and but yeah, it wasn't anything. <laughs> Prince, there was a bit of Prince talk, but not a lot. Well, that's good. Uh, you know, I, it's 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 interesting because uh, I did read the book. Did you did you read the book that I told you about? Which book? Uh, there's a book by a guy named uh, Alan Light. Oh no, uh, I haven't yet. Called uh, "Let's Go Crazy," and it's. Um, I read the excerpt you, you that I sent you. Yeah, I sent you. I'll, yeah, I'll get to the. Book. It's um, it's about the the lead in all and the Purple the, Rain era. Everything Purple Rain, and it's all about. From the, it shows a brief history about how we got to the point of Purple Rain, and then it talks about the music, then the movie, but the but the behind the scenes. I mean, the behind mm. the scenes is brilliant, and it's really enlightening to read that book, knowing what I know from having done the show in 2013, but also to listen to you guys and to just talk to some of the people that were involved back then. And uh, oh mm. my god, oh my god, when uh, when they tell. Uh, when they tell Wendy how to do the interviews, and he says, "Just tell the truth." Yeah, I can uh, imagine the the reaction to that. That's that is fantastic. Ah, oh, it's just it's an enlightening book, and like I said, I'm a huge fan. I was a huge fan before the show, and I still am a huge fan. And but it's just interesting to read a book like that because it's, it's very journalistic. It's, I, I think it's very fair because. I think for anything that would come off as critical, it, it matches in praise. Mm. And to me, that's all I ask for is, 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 I mean, I don't want to steal the Fox line, but give me proper journalism. Like here, here's yeah. a perfect example. I'll give a, I'll give a sports analogy. Barry Bonds. You've heard of Barry Bonds? Yes. Okay. Barry Bonds, to me, the media never covered him correctly. Mm. I'll give you an example. I was at the games where he broke the all time home run record. And people, everybody knew he was doing steroids. There was no secret about it. But people were so blinded by the fact that he was doing steroids, they never took what he was actually doing and objectively look at it. Yeah. And to, to a greater detail, in San Francisco where Bonds played, there was such unconditional love for him, they wouldn't acknowledge the steroid accusations. And it was just how great he was. Yeah. And all I'm saying is why can't we say in the same – breath how great a hitter barry bonds was at the same time it was a guy that did steroids yeah if anybody asks me who was the greatest home run hitter of my lifetime can i we, will say barry Bonds. can we say he did steroids we don't have to say allegedly that's proven. well <laughs> well it, it, it's been proven in he never knowingly did steroids that's what he claims okay well I mean, anyway I he's a, allegedly he's a, he's, just in case he's a fraud he's a fraud but uh <laughs> there's a there's a great book called uh, game of shadows which is all leaked grand jury testimony. So he acknowledges that he did it. Mm. It's just uh, what his claim was that he never knowingly did it. He said that he was just doing following doctor's orders. And, you know, if you believe that, I have a bridge I'd like to sell you. <laughs> but, you know, that, that sort of, like, attitude, that seems to me to be a very American thing. I haven't noticed that in other places. It's like the Bill Cosby thing, right? Again, mm -hmm. allegedly, all these things happen with these women well, over the years. And now, it's yeah. like, not everyone, but there's a big percentage of American, maybe Canadian as well, population. They're just like, that's it. I'm going to ignore everything he's done in the past because of this. It's like, okay, yeah, that's That's bad. a good analogy. No, but, it's a, but, it's a, but you it's, cannot that's a fair analogy. The, you know, huge comedy icon that he was and possibly still is. But so many people do that. See, I think the perfect example of that 
And it's, it's just very funny because the greatest conversations I've ever had with Jesse have been about Michael Jackson mm. because Michael Jackson to me was one of the most disturbed individuals you've ever come across. Mm. But when he died, I gravitated toward his music and yep. I said, wow, he was one of the iconic musicians of my lifetime. And I was lucky to have lived at a time when he was releasing music. Yeah. And I wasn't a Michael Jackson fan like uh, a lot of Prince fans are. A lot of Prince fans, if you if you like one, you like the other, and I, I I'm not like that. But I mean, Michael Jackson's music. If I ever told you my dumb story about when I when I uh, saw Purple Rain, I was 10 years old when I saw Purple Rain, and I bought the cassette. But we didn't have a cassette player in our house. We only had it in my mom's car, and so I put the cassette, and that was my only way to listen to Purple Rain. And when the song "Darling Nikki" came about, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mother took that away, and. <laughs> She took it away and bought me the next day Thriller. Okay. Because that was wholesome. Yeah, that, 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 he's a good boy. <laughs> right. And then when that trial was going on, I was like, wait, that's the guy that I was told to listen? And here's Prince selling out Madison Square Garden again? Yeah. And I, I, just, I couldn't get over that. I never could get over that. But again, look at it objectively. It's a, it's a fantastic analogy because I'm not sitting here trying to take away any of the success that he had. He is a brilliant, brilliant artist. I w I'm not going to call him a brilliant musician. I'm going to call him a great artist. But he's a he's a fantastic artist who might have been one of the most disturbed people you've ever known. And that isn't even assuming that he did all the things he was accused of. Yeah. Because I don't have enough facts to be able to prove it. He was found innocent. Yeah. So so who knows? But I, I think it's fair to say he was troubled. Oh, yeah. But see, that's the thing. Like, with people like that, I mean, most who they call, you know, genius artists, they usually are a bit screwed up in the head because – it takes that to be that genius. I mean, maybe. It, you know, maybe. I, I mean, I think there's a, there's a case for that. But it, it, it's just amazing to me the way, you know, people need to look at. I, I, I'll give you another example. Bruce Jenner. Yeah. Bruce Jenner was an iconic athlete. Okay. Mm. This was an Olympic champion. Now, he became a cartoon character when he signed on for that stupid reality show with the porn star. <laughs> and <laughs> what? That's one you way of looking at it. Wait, you haven't seen her best work? I have. Okay, so so let, let's let's acknowledge that she, her best work. That that's where she came from. Okay, yep. she she did that video. That's what got her name out there. Now you could give her credit if you want to, you know, what she did with it once she did it. But she did that video. That's what I saw of her first. Yeah, and he was on board. He he signed in. He got re royalty checks from it. He made a lot of money off that reality show. Oh yeah. He's, now he's people are that. talking about this victim and, 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 you know, he's this pioneer for change. And I respect all the stuff that he did, you know, with as far as him wanting to be a woman and all. I, I respect all of his journey. You know what sickens me? He said he's doing it on a reality show. Yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, before that show has aired, which is now, it hasn't actually started yet. Right. But it hasn't did, aired. He did but the it, Diane but Sawyer interview. It. And I think right. generally, you know, like the general perception is, well, yeah, good on him. He wants to do that. That's that's fine. I don't think there's that many people going, oh, what happened? What happened to him? He was an American hero, and now look at him. I mean, a, no, but I, but being, I, but being I, but on I, the Kardashian I, show right. aside, I think he's he's come out of it pretty good so far. But after that show airs, that's the thing where I think, really, do you need to show that much of it? And I think even like his. Brody, he's got two or three sons, Brody and someone. They said, do you really have to do that much, you know, private stuff on the show? 
on right. your own show. Just do it right. by yourself. That's fine. Right. But he, but like, yeah, he wants to be the the pioneer and be the the you know the face. Right. But but if I but if I come down on him, I'm not knocking him for being you know transgender or whatever whatever you want to call it. I don't have a, an opinion on that, You're and I'm not entitled to an opinion TV. on that. I'm just saying you're selling your your soul to the to the devil there by being on that show. I, I, all right, I'll, I'll give you one more story. I'll give you one more story. Yeah. I for one year I worked for a basketball team, and on the basketball team was one of their uh, forwards was a guy named Chris Humphreys. I know Chris, Chris Humphreys. He married you know, the Kardashian. There you go. And I found out about that at Madison Square Garden when Kim Kardashian was kicked off the stage by Prince. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at that show. Mm. And the next day I saw Chris Humphreys and I said, were you there? I said, because it was a really tall guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, I was there. And that's how his team found out that he was dating her. Ooh. And <laughs> and it was very funny because then he started getting profiled on that reality show. And yeah. I was talking to him every day. At one point, I have audio. I have to send this to you. I have audio of him saying how he thanked me for prepping him for reality television by being on my pregame show. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's something that I want to. Not, uh, not quite the same thing, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I, if I, I really want to take credit for that. But uh, anyway, Chris Humphreys was a really nice guy. But um, yeah, I, I, I was there. It, I knew him pretty well. And then all of a sudden, it all disappeared. Mm. Like, and it was all played out on television. And I just thought, like, it was a perfect example of how, Somebody is just being famous for being famous. It's it's nauseating. It, it, it's just there's this this thing out there in society today of people who are literally just famous for doing nothing, and yeah. it, it it hurts because yeah, you do stuff right. You know, <laughs> look, I, I try to work. One of my biggest things in 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 this industry uh, in broadcasting is I love other people's success. When they paid their dues. Yeah. What drives me bananas is when, when guy, yeah. guy just comes out of nowhere and he's the hot thing and you know he's never had to do it. And I always give credit. There's a guy. There's a guy. His name is Sweeney. I met him in 1994. So think about how long ago that was. And 21 years ago. And when I met him, he was the weekend overnight board op yeah. at a radio station. And now he's just entered his 10th season covering the New York game. And I give him all the success in the world because he paid his dues. He worked at it. He earned it. And I adore people like that. And can I give a shout out there? That's what I love about Liv Warfield. Mm. Liv Warfield worked her ass off. Yeah. And I root for her success because of what she did. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm not she, saying it. whatever success she has, and I don't know how far her career is going to go. I don't, you, you and I can't predict that. All I know is whenever I see her on television or see her, you know, doing a, some kind of performance or something, I root for her because you know that she appreciates every ounce of the success she has. Whereas there are other people that, you know, I'm not going to go into Bieber, but you know, this Iggy Azalea, this nonsense, and the Nicki Minaj and the Blech and blech and blech and blech. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest one, this is when I thought of you, 
was um the uh what's her name the Ariana Grande I really like her like but only with her lyrics only bad grammar lyrics I only like her visually <laughs> I honestly I've only heard like maybe one song but just whenever she I see a picture I'm like oh wow look at that face that's a nice face but then like <laughs> I read interviews and stuff and she seems like a total bitch like she walks She's... out on interviews oh you photograph me from the left side not the right side and she just walks out it's that stuff to me is hilarious she did uh she has that song what's 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 her hit break free break free right so break free let me let me get the break free lyrics this is this is I, I, I don't understand how that somebody let this go. Here, Ariana Grande, Break Free. Here you go. I only want to die alive, never by the hands of a broken heart. Don't want to hear you lie tonight, now that I've become who I really am. That's not, that's not grammar. That's not English. But the, the funniest thing is, it's pretty likely she didn't write that. Like, a bunch of adult guys wrote that. And even still, the grammar is horrible. But that's the thing. Like, somebody said, yeah, let's put that, put it in there. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, but if and I'm not blaming her. I'm not blaming her, per se, because, look, she's trying to get her start. She's trying to break, you know, into the music industry. She's trying to become a big star. But I'm like, what? I only want to die alive? How do you die alive? What, what does that mean? <laughs> Well, you can't die if you're already dead. Oh, oh, and it's and it's not who I really am. It's who I really are. That's R, what it is. R, it's okay. who it's who I really are. I go, who I really are? Who but, talks but like that? Think. Well, that's the thing. Young people talk like that. I if guess. you're writing a song for a bunch of twelve-year-olds, you have to do it in language they're going to understand. I guess. So then you've got a bunch of like twenty-five-year-olds, males sitting around going, "How can we write a song for twelve-year-olds?" I, I, I mean, let's really? talk like they do. It's it's scary. It's it's. I mean, some of the nonsense. And I mean, I I love the way people. Did you see Saturday Night Live make fun of Iggy Azalea? No, I haven't seen. When when she, they did a spoof of her where they, they a Recently? couple of week, a couple of episodes ago where they did a. If you Google it, I'm sure you can find it. But uh, Iggy Azalea, they made fun of the way she speaks versus the way she raps. Oh yeah. And she sounds because she's like Australian. A complete... She's got a totally Australian accent when she talks, and then when she's rapping, it's a hundred percent American. It's hilarious. It's not even American. It's, it's African American. <laughs> she's been listening to a lot of Nicki Minaj <laughs> again with the Nicki Minaj. But I think I talked about this with with Jesse, like about Sia. I had never heard of Sia at all, even never. though she's Australian. But then she got huge in the USA, and the first time I saw her was on Letterman. And I'm like, she has to be someone if she got on Letterman. But I'd never heard of her. <laughs> Iggy Azalea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She she got really big in America, and I had never heard of her at all until I saw her on like you know some American uh, awards show or something. And I'm like, who is this Australian who is so famous? I've never even heard her name. It's crazy how some people just go to a different country and get so popular, and then they're still totally unknown. It's amazing. It, 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 and now it's all about hits, and it's all about followers on Twitter, and it, mm. it's, it, it's, it's freaky because I see, I see these types of things, and I, I'll compare it. I, I mean, I, I'm in my 40s, so I grew up in the 80s, and sure, I was a huge Prince fan, but I was a Bruce Springsteen fan. Yeah, I like U2. I mean, I loved Earth, Wind & Fire. I loved a lot of different music. But say what you want about Madonna, okay? And Madonna was freaking out there. Yeah. She, her music backed it up. She was an artist. She could sing. And her songs were unique. Yeah. And it was just something edgy about her. Whereas what these girls do is none of that. They don't have any of the substance to back it up. I... Again, say what you want about Madonna. She was definitely out there. Look, Prince was out there, but Prince was 
you know, wearing his crazy outfits, but he was backing it up with brilliant music. Yeah. Like, where is the artist today that is looking at the style and the image, but having the substance behind it? Ah. Uh. I was thinking Lady Gaga, and then there's a bit of substance behind that, but I don't know how much. Mm. I mean, she. I don't know. But then again, she's uh, been accused of ripping Madonna's songs off anyway. Yeah, yeah no kidding. There's so, I'm sure there's somebody out there. I mean, I don't know. But see, that's the thing. Player said sent me a link the other day about. Are you guys still talk now that the show's over? I talked to him yesterday. He's still friends. Everybody's still friends. You yeah, didn't yeah, break yeah. up like the Beatles. No, not yet. <laughs> we'll we'll drag it out a few more years. <laughs> Who's the guy that's going to host the reunion show? MC? MC will have the reunion show. Oh, if there's going to be a reunion show, you should be. Oh, I'll be in it. But we're still going to do more shows. I'll drink drink Mountain Dew. Yeah, just for that. You can drink the diet one. No, the diet one's just as bad. It's it's worse. (laughs) It's just as bad for you. It's not good. No, no, player sent me this link because I said that I don't, I just don't listen to any new music anymore. I can't be bothered going out trying to find who's the new, you know, like person with substance. Right. I can't sift through all this crap. And he sent me a link and it said, late night monologue. A, a recent study has shown, you know, you stop listening to new music when you're like 33. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's that that about right. Is that, but is that it? Is that what it is? Is that, how come the music that we grew up with, they're all in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You think Justin Bieber's ever getting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You want to make a bet? 20 no. years from now? No way. No way. No who, way. Who are they going to put in there in 20 years from now? He'll be in jail. He'll be in jail before that. <laughs> if he's still alive. <laughs> no, no, but you think about who is going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 20 years from now. It's going to be all these 20-year-olds now when they're 40. They're going to be it because there'll be no one else to put in. Right. It is going to be this lot. And as we're older, we look at it and go, oh, all these young people are garbage. But that's what our parents said 20 years ago about the music we were listening to. Mm-hmm. And it's always been like that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just, it's just it's fascinating to me that there are, t- there, there are artists that we liked that are still like, like Bruce Springsteen can sell out a 50,000 seat stadium. Still. You yeah. know, still, you too can do the same thing, you know? Like, how about when, when the guy, when, when Bono got hurt, you know, in the bicycle like, accident and these hand or icons, these icons came out and filled in for him. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't mean there aren't good songs. I mean, that, that, that I mean, I made fun of it, but the Uptown Funk song is good. It's 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 a James Brown song. Oh yeah, it's, um, it's totally derivative. But to right. all the young people now, you know, a lot of them haven't even heard James Brown, and they're like, "Oh wow, this song's the best song ever." Right, and I like the uh, the shut up and dance, mm. the shut up and dance with me, or whatever it is. I like that. I mean, there's 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 good songs, but the other one is Megan Trainer. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, sh- supposedly she's this great iconic image for young people about you know she's she's not the hourglass figure and yeah. you know there's all, all these things and she and she's a big proponent of that and she speaks to every woman and 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 her message is so great. What does that have to do with bass and trouble? <laughs> what what's the point of that? I, yeah, I, she's actually I in Australia right now and she was on like some show the other night that I watched. And I wasn't that impressed with the performance. I mean, the songs are okay, but her actual performance, which was live, I wasn't that impressed with her her singing ability. But who knows? I don't know. I, I like I said, I'm not. I'm not trying to knock. I, I, look, I'm not trying to be like this curmudgeon that just makes fun of all these, you know, all these current artists. Yes, we are. It, That's what we do. We're old now. We're I, guess, I guess. I guess. I don't know. And the <laughs> violence is gratuitous. It's There's not too much good. violence on TV. There's too much violence. Um, yeah. Oh well, but, so that's uh, it, is it? Are we done? 
Are we done? So who's your who's your next guest going to be? I don't know. You don't have a next guest? Not yet. I'll find one. Now, I'm either going to get Mark, Mark O'Reilly. Okay. Oh. Or um, that... The, the, great, the great time filler. The great time filler. He can fill an hour with me. <laughs> I'll get him. Or do you know this Night Child ethereal? And he did a thing about how great Peach and Black were, and he does it on different people and different... He does, oh, I think cool. He, he reviews like a song a day or a song a week or something. Oh, nice. And um, oh, if, I, if I haven't said enough, I mean, I know I make fun of you guys, but Peach and Black is a brilliant podcast. It was a brilliant podcast. It was a great listen. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was, the, the differing opinions were great. I love how mad you guys would get at each other if one of you liked it and one of you didn't. It was usually I mean, me. Is, They'd be like, one of my favorite songs of all time. And they're like, what are you talking about? That's blasphemy. That's <laughs> garbage. You guys would rip each other at the same time and it was, it'd be like, and the funny thing is some of the minute details. I mean, uh, to yeah. know that, you know, this song was in C and it's, uh, it's all B major. And I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> you really knew your stuff. And you with the time cues. Because you always had a pause after your time cues. Like, you were proud of yourself for getting it. <laughs> You'd be like, I like the song. At especially the part. Especially the part at 2.32. And then there'd be like a pause. <laughs> he said this. He played a bass line at 4.44. He went to the to the solo. That's how you do it. It was it was so funny. Yeah, the pause is for people to to go and find it and play it. Yeah, and then and then and then sometimes like you guys would review a song that I really liked, and you guys would crush it, mm. and I would be I, I would literally want it to be a Colin show. Like I would I, I was like, what? Where are they now? <laughs> No, it was a great podcast. It, it, I hope you guys do more. more. There will still be more. No, you should do more because there's more things to review. Oh yeah. You didn't do the other. You didn't do all the uh, the uh, new Power Generation albums. Yep. Yeah. You have those. And there's there's still there's a whole bunch of like associated artist albums which we haven't done. We just haven't. Got oh, that would yet, be fun. So. That would be fun. Yeah. I mean, there's still some time albums we haven't done. There's Apollonia. There's Jill Jones. There's yeah, the first oh. MPG album. There's still a bunch to do. We just never got around to it because there was always something else. Like there was an anniversary. Oh, we've got to do Purple Rain because it's the, this or whatever. But you guys did a phenomenal job of of uh, of every once in a while you would chime in about his current stuff, which I thought was really interesting. I thought those were usually pretty negative. <laughs> Well, but even still, but they, they were, you were taking the same objectivity, or at least I thought you were taking the same objectivity. The other uh, funny thing is when, uh, when you guys, um, the, the greatest peach and black line of all time was when you met him, when you met Prince mm-hmm. and didn't know who Jim Crow was. I'd heard the name, but that was, that Wait, was, that was the he, limit of no, my knowledge. And he makes a very salient point about Jim Crow and you go, that's the guy that Tony M put his foot in his ass. <laughs> But the funniest thing, which nobody would know, was the look on his face when I said that. That was the most hilarious thing ever. I mean, I you, you know his face. You know the faces that he does. Oh, sure. I, oh, the, uh, the to be a fly on the wall for that for that meeting would have that, been the, look the funniest. After thing. I said that, was sort of it was sort of like half confused. You wanted to dig was, yourself it, into a hole. It was like a bit confused because maybe he didn't get it straight away. Then there was like recognition of like, oh yeah, that. And then there was like this annoyance look on his face. Oh. It was just hilarious. That is so funny. Because I, I just started laughing as soon as I said it, and the MC was laughing, and then Prince and um, the guy, 
BET guy. You know, just uh, the, the looks on their faces. Hilarious. Oh, uh, just too funny. Just too funny. That that show literally had me laughing. Out. Like, I know they use the expression laughing out loud. That was literally <laughs> laughing out loud. That is really funny. It was a good one. Anyway, thanks for having me on, buddy. That's okay. I hope to come on again. We'll get there. And uh, thanks for the plug for Con TV. Con TV. I hope people com. watch the show. Go watch the show. The uh, the Avengers show. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll give a plug. If you go watch the Avengers special, it does not spoil the movie because it was shot before the movie came out. Okay. And two of the panelists are wearing nothing but body paint. Well, that sounds good. As long as they're female? They are. Okay, then. I can, <laughs> I can watch that, then. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was the second episode of Captain Says with Mr. Seth Everett. Thank you for coming. Um, that's it. And now let's have some ridiculous theme music. <laughs> <laughs> the end. One, two, three, four.